0: Microsoft announced a lot and nothing when it comes to Windows. But before we dive in, today's podcast is brought to you by Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott. You can find that podcast on all major podcast platforms. And I hope that your week has gone well. It was a pretty interesting week from the things that Microsoft did and and really did not announce I mean, you'll see here in a second, but we are plowing through. As a reminder, next week is Build, so there's going to be a lot of news dropping more than likely, I believe, on Tuesday as that conference kicks off. So if you are interested in the world of development and and productivity development and all sorts of stuff, um, that's going to be happening on Tuesday. And so as always, I'll make sure to have all the good content right here. But for now, let's dive into what happened this week in the world of Microsoft. Uh, Big news, sort of-ish, not really. Uh, Microsoft is set to retire IE 11 next year in June of next year. IE 11 will officially be removed from, and there's going to have to be an asterisk here, Windows 10. Now, this the reason why there's an asterisk here is that, IE 11 won't be available like effectively to the end user, but it will still be available. I believe in like Windows 7 and Windows 8, and so it's really Microsoft making the first final or last, I should say, really like ripping it out of the world. And so if your users are relying on win- or on IE 11, you really just you need to migrate. There's Edge with IE mode. There's a lot of different options, and I know that for some this might cause a little bit of concern. And if that's you, you're, you've got about a year effectively to figure out how to get your company and your intranets and your websites off of IE 11 and start testing them with alternative solutions because Microsoft is about to make that a lot harder to do on Windows 10 and just in your environment in general. Um, Last week, I had a pretty big scoop that Microsoft had laid to rest or put on the back burner up on the shelf or just kind of pushed it off to the side that Windows 10X was officially dead. And this week, they buried the lead and they said exactly what I confirmed. Or they confirmed exactly what I said, if I would... that in the correct order but microsoft is officially saying that windows 10x is not coming this year and it doesn't really sound like it's coming ever and they said hey like market realities we're bringing that technology to windows 10 it's very in line uh with what my post initially scooped and so it's always good to have confirmation because those are a little squirrely i mean you you push the the content out to the world and you know it's accurate but microsoft could always come and kind of undercut you if they wanted But at least in this case, our messaging was aligned uh, and my information was accurate. And so Windows 10X not coming anytime soon, more than likely probably not coming ever. And it really just puts to bed the idea that Microsoft is going to be competing directly with Chromebooks. Now, it's interesting. We got some new numbers actually out of uh, Google I.O. this week where they said Android is on 3 billion devices. 3 billion devices, which is just a phenomenal number. We know that Windows 10 is on 1.3-ish Uh, billion devices based on microsoft's own numbers and ios is somewhere around like 1.6 billion was our last known uh number from apple and so we'll probably get an update at wwdc next month that's happening in june and this is still may and so we'll see actually where windows aligns in that world but all three platforms can pretty dominant in their own respect and so um yeah 10X isn't coming, but Microsoft did officially announce that Windows 10 21 H1 is now available, and that's actually where they, they buried the lead that 10X was dead, and so if you're really wanting to install this release, you can, but I'll admit that there's not a whole lot there. We're all eyes are on Sun Valley, and we should be hearing about that soon, although I would not expect that information at Build I, I just, I, it's not the venue where Microsoft is going to announce Sun Valley. I think it will come a few weeks, maybe a month later, uh, is my f- current estimate for when we will learn more about Sun Valley. But we will see um, when Microsoft officially pulls back the curtains. Also, on the Microsoft side, or the Windows side, I should say, Adobe Photoshop is now natively available on Windows 10 on ARM if you have one of those devices and you've been holding off on Photoshop. I'm not quite sure of the performance yet. I haven't tried it myself But I can't imagine that it's super great, Um, but we'll see uh, how that is. And then Build, like I said, is next week. So there's going to be a little bit of a switch up for this podcast because I'm actually traveling, uh, not on an airplane, but I'm going to take the Tesla on a road trip, on its first road trip. And so I'm going down to the Gulf Shores. That's where uh, Colleague is, and we are going to be working on um, some future stuff. And so... Yeah, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a switch up. So the Build podcast wrap up of all things that matter will be dropping, I think, probably on Tuesday. And there probably won't be a Friday podcast next week. It'll just be earlier in the week because Build will have a lot of goodness packed into it. Speaking of things that have good stuff packed into it, you should definitely check out Behind the Tech with Kevin Scott. If you haven't heard of Kevin Scott, he is the chief technology over at Microsoft, so he has a big, nice purview of everything going on in the world of Microsoft, and what he does is he goes behind the scenes, behind the tech, if you will, uh, with today's most innovative tech leaders. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. You can download it, you can subscribe, and then it'll just automatically show up uh, in your feeds uh, when a new episode is published, which they're published fairly regularly. There was actually one uh, dropped, I think, last Week or the week before, and so make sure to add Behind the Tech podcast to your podcast feed because there's an impressive back catalog that is worth exploring. And new episodes, like I said, are coming out on the frequent. So, jumping over to the gaming news, this was more honestly of a, a quiet ish week in the world of Microsoft. They did announce some games coming to Game Pass and you can go find that content. Uh, there's a previous video on this channel. Um, but there's there's a couple notable updates. But really uh there's two big things that stood out this week. First off, there was like some sort of shock and awe through the system that Xbox and Bethesda are set to host a joint game presentation. What well, Microsoft bought them for seven billion dollars like of course it's going to be together or overlapped i mean it's not let's be clear it's not a bethesda presentation yes they are the company doing it but it's a it's a microsoft presentation they now they're now fully owned by microsoft so when you say it's a bethesda thing you're really just saying it's an xbox thing or a microsoft thing because that's what it is so i don't people were really like surprised that they were going to do this it's like well they didn't buy them just to let them sit over there and do nothing and so there you go the other thing that was really cool in the world of xbox this week uh they did their global. Accessibility Awareness Day, where it happened this week, and Microsoft is putting out a lot of different things in the world of Xbox to make the content and a platform just more accessible. They, are, they have that really cool accessibility controller, uh, which has been out for at least a year, maybe two years, I'm losing track of time here, um, but it's been out for a while, but there's also now an Xbox Accessibility Insiders League, which makes it easier for those uh, with disabilities to get feedback directly to Microsoft engineers to help make their gaming just a little bit more enjoyable. Um, there's an updated Xbox controller support, or updated custom support page for accessibility and they're also including two features called speech to text and text to speech which does exactly like what it sounds uh speech to text will enable enable gamers to have their words spoken by the people in the party converted into text so that it'll be displayed as an overlay on their gameplay session and then there's also text to speech which is what it sounds like will allow gamers to type text into an xbox party chat and have that read through a synthetic voice actually if you remember there was some of that voice masking back in the original og days and so um, I, I don't think it's going to be that. I think Microsoft has, has clearly moved beyond some of those novelties when Xbox Live first launched. Uh, but those are pretty cool updates. There's actually a lot of accessibility stuff going out across the web. Apple had some pretty good stuff related to Apple Watch and actually some pinching and and monitoring of what is going on on your wrist. And so, uh, interesting week all around. It was a little bit quieter, honestly, in the world of Microsoft. I think there's a lot of that has to do with, one, we're leading up to Build. Uh, Build is a big time for Microsoft. They've got a a, a ton of announcements, I'm sure, lined up for that event. And then we're also getting closer to that E3. And so Microsoft has to keep some things nestled away uh, and so that they don't spoil all their goods. So just a little bit of quieter week this week in the world of Microsoft. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. But at the same time, they also killed effectively two products, right? 10X and IE11. And so while it was quiet, it was also a little bit loud in the world of... um, milestones or or headstones going up in the graveyard so jumping over to the questions of the week So let's just dive in here. Simon says, with Windows 10X now being put on the back burner, is Microsoft continuing uh, restarting Windows 10S mode development? I have not heard that. Uh, Windows 10S has just not been widely utilized across the industry. I don't think Microsoft did a good job marketing and positioning it uh, when it was first came out. I think on paper it sounded like a good idea, but in reality, I don't believe. um, Like, I'm not sure what else they would add to it, right? They've already got that lockdown infrastructure, and that's pretty much it that's that's all that s mode was uh Mac says uh do you have any info on the surface duo 2 and is it still coming this year so i believe the surface duo is completely done I, i'm pretty sure of this and so it could be shipping honestly just as soon as microsoft is ready i believe it is going to be coming this year uh but we will still have to wait and see if microsoft actually does do that keep in mind that the surface original surface duo is uh f- was I'm pretty sure you can still grab it for 50% off. And so Microsoft is clearly clearing house uh, with that product as they make way for the Surface Duo 2. And I'm curious to see how Microsoft approaches that. Shark 47, any thoughts on what Microsoft plans with Skype are? It seems to have a smallish but loyal base, but Microsoft didn't really try to increase that during the pandemic. Now, at the tail end of the pandemic, they're releasing Teams for Consumers. Yes, I actually totally glossed over that. Teams for Consumers features are now generally available. I mean, they've kind of already been available for a while, but I think they wanted to, like, officially put a stamp on it and say, hey, look, Teams consumer features, they're here, they're ready. Um, And it completes directly with Skype. They're effectively almost the same thing, except one has a blue icon and a slightly different UI and Teams as well. Teams. And so we don't really know what Microsoft's plans are with Skype. And I agree with Shark that there are a very loyal user base of Skype users. And so I don't think Microsoft wants to alienate them. I still think long term it'll probably mold or just magically one day you'll click on Skype and it'll say, teams brought to you by skype or something like that um, i'm not quite sure what microsoft wants to do there because i i'm the bigger question i have is i can't imagine that skype is profitable uh i mean i know people i know you can pay money and, and get additional like calling and, and phone functionality but that's like it's not reoccurring revenue for most people and i can't imagine that it's profitable so i'm not sure what they would do with it overall Uh, Microsoft really did not push it too heavily during the pandemic because they were trying to obviously do Teams and then they were killing Skype for business online. And so they had this like really competing message right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was a little bit awkward. So uh, we will see. I think... I don't have a great answer about what they're going to do because I'm not sure if Microsoft has fully fleshed out the roadmap uh, ahead for Skype. And last question of the week says, Usman says, why hasn't Microsoft been pushing for third-party developers to use Xbox Play Anywhere on titles that are both on Game Pass PC and console? Good question. I've come across games that have had new games on Game Pass and PC but are incompatible with Xbox console game saves. Also, the publishers still list the games twice as separate SKUs, one for the console and one for the PC. So Xbox Play Anywhere is really kind of interesting. So that is a a program that launched a while ago and effectively the short version of it was if you bought the console version say whatever pick your game um, and it also had a PC variant you could play it there as well for no additional cost really good idea but that that model seems to have sort of gone away in favor of cloud gaming. So I'm wondering if internally, Microsoft is now pushing more of the cloud gaming model, which, honestly, now that I say that out loud, is probably it, because they know that if they're in cloud gaming, then that's a gateway to Game Pass, and that's where Microsoft truly wants to make it. Xbox Play Anywhere is sort of like a precursor to Game Pass, if you think about it, from how the product has materialized and just matured in the market. So my guess here, or my gut tells me that, hey, uh, Xbox Play Anywhere is more of a legacy feature and functionality, and Microsoft's all in on Xbox uh, Game Pass, which means it's got to be cloud compatible, it's got to be in Game Pass, and that is where they're putting their efforts and encouraging their developers. There's been some stuff that has come out from the Epic and Apple trial, where Microsoft has some contracts saying, hey, if you're going to be launching games, They've got to be part of uh, cloud gaming enabled and that sort of functionality. And so that's not a surprise. Microsoft wants everything that launches on their product to be at least be natively working with cloud gaming. Uh, and, and Game Pass should be an option, although they're not forcing developers into Game Pass. But uh, you can imagine at some point, Microsoft's going to start pulling economic levers to incentivize people to put their games into Game Pass. So... There you go, guys. Been a pretty crazy busy morning. I'm actually hoping this podcast reported correctly as I was using XSplit to record it the initial time. It just crashed completely and then completely re- removed all of the configurations and to rebuild it, which is always a fun thing to do on a Friday morning. So I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you're having a wonderful Friday. We will be back on Tuesday-ish, um, basically looking through all of the build announcements. Hopefully you have a wonderful weekend and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.